Welcome to today's episode of Meandering with Mona and these other guys. <laughs> you weren't supposed to do that. You went off script. That's okay. That's well, kind of what this show's about. The other guys are Morgan and Sasha. And this is, as aforementioned by my lovely wife, meandering, which means we start somewhere and we don't really care where we end up because right. wherever we end up is going to be a good spot. Yeah, today though, I think we wanted to talk. Oh. Well, we were going to talk a little conspiracy theory, and this may have to go multiple episodes. Multiple episodes, indeed, because I think it'd be nice to take in a, a specific conspiracy theory and break it down in a whole entire episode. But I, we're not going to do that here. We're not going to do it here. Although I'm going to give an introduction to why this is a very important topic to me, and I'm probably. A conspiracy theorist at heart. There's no probably. Yeah, okay. So I I needed that because it's not like the world around me is willing to say, oh man, Sasha, you're a conspiracy theorist when it comes to this sort of stuff. Even though someone in the background right now is pointing heavily at themselves saying, I do this all the time, I tell you. I don't know (laughs) that to be a fact. That is a conspiracy theory itself. So, yeah, you're a conspiracy theorist for thinking that you do that because I don't see it. I don't I don't feel it. Uh, Look, okay, we uh, (laughs) side note, me and my wife watched a very uh, left field documentary like two or three weeks ago called Above Majestic, which is talking about a lot of this stuff uh, down to reptilians and and that sort of left fieldish sort of conspiracy theories. And she enjoyed it, and she we talked about how much a lot of that stuff is legit. So, yeah, I think it's interesting that some of the uh, ancient alien guys are a big part of that. Yeah, uh, it's pretty pretty interesting. You're an ancient aliens guy. Oh, I love ancient aliens. You're an X Files guy. Yeah, but I don't know that uh, some of that's necessarily conspiracy as much as it is as hey, let's take some Capitalize. things. Well, no, let's take. A couple of ideas and let's apply a theory to it so that other people can prove or disprove it. It's a little different than going, the earth is flat. And I don't care what evidence you present me, the earth is flat. It's it's different from right. that. I don't, I don't want people to get the wrong idea of where I stand with conspiracy theories. Because there are some things that are completely outlandish to my reasonable ears. And the earth being flat is one of them. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, well, and we just watched a video, right? Stevie Wonder, is he really blind or not? Because he caught a microphone that was falling. And you're the one who mentioned that. Yeah, I and did mention I'm that. I'm the conspiracy theorist. Stevie Wonder is blind, everyone. <laughs> the reason he caught that microphone three years ago is because people who lack a sense, and we talked about this on the show before, they have heightened senses in, in the other ranges. Uh, and there's if I'm music blind, playing and he's clapping, man. Come on. No, we just watched the video from three years ago. Stevie Wonder on a stage with a bunch of other stars. Seinfeld's there. Uh, Paul McCartney's there. And they're singing this holiday song. And then all of a sudden, the mic stand starts tipping over. And here's Stevie to the rescue, calmly, coolly grabbing the mic stand. That's not beyond a blind guy doing. Because a blind guy can sense. It's not like he's getting hit by door by uh, doors when he opens them, or you can well, sense your surroundings. Maybe, there's probably a lot more to it. Uh, I just don't can't remember it right off the top of my head because it it's been funny. a while. But it's a funny video. But that may be one that we have to break down a little bit. It's uh, not a conspiracy. There, there, it's a conspiracy theory that 
He Stevie is not Wonder's blind. not blind, really? Yes. And I get labeled a, a whack job for thinking that the natural disasters and and major major city disasters that occur, whether they're man-made or naturally made, produce camaraderie amongst the sports teams in those cities yes, that leads to sports championships that same year. Really? Yes, it is. Okay. We can You're go- telling me the modern-day athlete cares about what happened in the city. They uh, yeah. probably don't even know. Hurricane Harvey, J.J. Watt cared a lot. Okay, you want to go... Even then, though, would they win? Well, they oh, didn't. Oh, but the, Houston the Astros, Astros did. did. They were already way on their way. They So they needed the hurricane to be pushed over the edge to win the World Series. I'm saying it didn't take away from the road that they New were. Orleans is the only one with Katrina that I'll give some credence to where the natural disaster pushed the football team. So the Red Sox, Boston, uh, Marathon bombing, no. They were already a really good team okay. already on their Dallas way. Dallas Cowboys, Waco. Okay, why would the Cowboys play for David Koresh? Not for David Koresh. For the uh, the effect that Waco had on on the population so do you of think the DFW Troy area Aikman, No. All those guys cared so much about what happened in Waco. We're going to go out and win a Super Bowl. Waco's 90 minutes away from the Dallas Fort yeah, Worth Metroplex. Yeah, it's not even in the consciousness. And maybe I'm going a little extreme with the Waco one because, okay, I'll admit it. Uh, it's not like that was a a preventable massacre. Like the people that were... I think you could actually turn this theory around and you could say in cities that have good teams on the precipice of winning a championship have bad things happen to it no that's extreme oh that's extreme that's extreme okay however we could get minority report with it and like try to try to like target the cities that are vulnerable for these sorts of happenings based on how well they're doing because it's not like the cincinnati Bengals are <laughs> gonna get, get hit with anything anytime soon so something's happening in san francisco or green well Bay. that's an interesting one because natural disasters are half of this and if you look at the loma prieta earthquake of 1989 the a's went on to win the world series after that earthquake well i believe the they were playing oakland the, a's were they playing the giants yes so, so both teams it was a win-win <laughs> So that monster earthquake was guaranteed to coincide with this Because theory. their teams were good, so bad things were going to happen. Maybe. Like, yeah. Maybe bad things happen to the other end of the spectrum because the law of polarity sort of has its way of, of working out that uh, There's way. something we're going to have to uh, the dig princi- into. The principle, the principle of polarity. polarity. The law. Okay. The principle of polarity. All right, let's move forward. Okay. What you got? So, well, conspiracy <clears throat> theories, uh, anyway, that is my personal, I, I think I told you that one when we were working together three or four years ago. That's my personal baby. Yeah, I have never thought you were really super serious about it. I'm That's pretty, why I uh, razz you quite a bit. I am, uh, I'm serious about it <clears throat> when it comes to, look, I'm not saying 100% of the time by any means, because there's not a large disaster every single year, but... Uh, now that I know to look for it, because I think that it is even within the realm of possibility, and that's kind of what conspiracy theories are at, at the crux for me. Yeah, they're about taking two things that happen that have no relation whatsoever and connecting them. That's exactly what conspiracy theory is. They're about the middle ground, saying that... There's no middle ground. Come on, bro. There's a middle ground everywhere. There's a... There's, Not in conspiracy theory. Well, there is, because there's there's what the public knows... 
which is on one side of the spectrum. <clears throat> then there's the far extreme, which is what the hyper conspiracy theorists believe is true, which is typically the exact opposite of the pendulum. And the truth, the actual truth that that people who desperately want to know in order to now this is where we get into the psychology of things. My reasoning behind this is because I feel as if the truth warrants a place uh, in 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 the realm of existence. The truth should exist. It, it should be known undisputedly, objectively. So I either That'll never happen though. Right, but here's the problem. I either have to rely on what the 95 percentile of people are willing to accept as the truth, which is for the most part. Uh, on the low end of the conspiracy spectrum, like, did we go to the moon in 1969? Oh, absolutely, 100%. Uh, my grandpa lived through it. He said it was great. Uh, millions of people, it was a rallying cry. Okay, cool. I'm willing to subscribe to that because the majority of people say it. But then the far extreme says that Stanley Kubrick directed a closed set. Uh, you just want to piss me off. Well, that's the extreme, Morgan. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not what I believe. But what I believe is somewhere in the middle. Okay. And there's, I don't think, I think I use both ends of that spectrum to deduce what more than likely happened. There's this old adage, uh, everything in moderation uh, and you're fine. You know, drink alcohol in moderation, smoke cigarettes in moderation. Okay, so why can't we have the truth in moderation? You kind of need these polar opposites again. This is polarity at its finest. I, I agree with certain things okay. for sure that there's got to be some scrutiny put to events right but then Historical there's the events. then Otherwise, there's the ridiculousness which sure which unfortunately in these days people profit from on like youtube for example just putting complete unbelievable crap out there that people will just fall for yes a hundred percent i have no no rebuttal for that because it's true however those people provide you with a control group to see where not to go like don't Maybe. go this extreme with it because the argument that I have <clears throat> is with a lot of people who aren't willing to hear me out on some of these theories is, well, like the uh, the other 90% of the time that we have conversations, if it's a topic that you know I'm coming from a sensible place in, you're willing to entertain what I'm saying. I'm always, yeah, but in general, I'm, I'm generally open-minded to hearing evidence and some side uh i think i'm uh you are i think i am uh we wouldn't have a show a, a low percentage of person that will actually do that yep. i i realize i'm probably going to be wrong but at some point i realize that I, i'll see facts and then later like one thing that we that i hate about right now today is how we jump to conclusions uh before we hear the whole story and what are some For of the me, conspiracies that you have problems with when you hear them? I got a big problem with Flat Earth. Okay. Um, some of the recent stuff, right? Like um, where people will see something through satellite video or something. Like, um, hey, these fires. Uh, and I read this on an article when we were kind of researching uh -huh. this, right? Where the fires uh, were set in purpose to burn down this line so they could put this train in. And, hey, look, here's evidence. This house burned down and none of the trees around it burned. Okay. That's you know, that's end. garbage, right? Sure. In, in controlling weather. Now, oh, wait a second. We'll get into controlling weather in a second. That's garbage. But, okay, let's go back to, well, let's go back to the uh, fire setting thing. Okay, 
because then you have the the that's one extreme, right? Uh, oh, the fires are all being set intentionally because there's a, a plot to lay down some uh, a train a train line. Yeah. Okay. Now the fires in the Amazon were set intentionally by farmers who needed that area cleaned out because they needed to usher in an entire new. Okay. So here's where I'm on your side halfway because yeah, they're applying that reality to a scenario that may not be uh, sensible to apply it to because it's a completely different part of the world. It's a completely different fire. But then you hear stuff like this Leo DiCaprio story. Have you heard of this? Uh, Maybe not. Okay, so Leonardo DiCaprio is profiting a lot on the Amazon fires. Uh, And the... Because he's a big spokesman for climate change now and, and fighting that fight. Well, now he's being attacked as being in on the group that was intentionally setting the fire so that he could profit from them by climate change. These are all unproven, and the news stories are are pretty mainstream right now. NBC News highlighted it earlier this week. But you don't get to that without getting to the first step, which is the Amazon fires were deliberately set. It wasn't natural. It wasn't like a spark in the woods that kicked everything off. It wasn't the heat from the sun. It was intentionally set, which at first was even hard for people to grasp and say, oh, that, that's possible. But it's, the, it's what happened. Uh, that's not a conspiracy. That's proven 100%. The farmers in the Amazon set who own that land, which this is where a conspiracy goes, goes awry, that's not indigenous land. There weren't tribes living there. Uh, this is not. It is the sacred rainforest, of course. So there's some lore to like burning the rainforest, and there's some reason behind why that's dangerous in itself. And all the stats on the rainforest being, you know, the lungs of the earth. They're all there. They're all true. That's that's real. There, the forestry in that area is like twenty to thirty percent of the forestry that we've got and the greenery on this planet. It's all concentrated in that area. So even if you burn, even if you smoke a cigarette, you're, Man, you're still hurting would, your lungs. I would debate that. Okay. I would I would tell you that Siberia probably has as many trees. Well, it's just all frozen. A tree's a tree. And they're evergreen. I don't know the I, science I, behind that. Like, yeah, I, I would say there are the large areas, and you got frozen. large, yeah. you got large areas in in Africa. You're going to have large areas. Uh, <clears throat> well, the Amazon rainforest is it's a big. Ch- anyway, it is, but I, I I would anybody that tells me it's it's one fifth, I, I don't know. I, I'd have to look at all that again. There sure there are a lot of trees everywhere. Yeah, for sure. What I'm getting at is that conspiracy theories, when they're, when reason is behind them, when there's sound deduction and reason, and the scientific method is sort of applied to the conspiracy theorists out there who care about the truth more than anything, that's the slogan for the X-Files. The truth is out there, and it is. Not the whack jobs on YouTube that are trying to make a buck off the whack jobs that'll cling to it, but the people who know there's more to the story... You have to put yourself out there. You have to, you have to be willing to fail in certain regards. This is why Alex Jones gets a lot of shit uh, a lot of the time because he goes to the extreme right away because he's seen the song and dance so many times that he applies that same template to all of the stories over and over and over. And I can say that 
convictingly because that's the way that I tackle a lot of the news stories myself, is that I'm always hesitant to believe exactly what's being churned out to me from a mainstream news source because... Yeah, but okay. So a mainstream news source is going to be far more reliable than some cousin of some cousin that heard something. 100%. Okay, even... I mean, you're... There's got to be some trust in that news cycle, right? Now, mm-hmm. granted, there's going to be some bias in these newspapers. There's going to be not bias sometimes in what's getting reported to you. So you got to seek out different outlets, but you need legitimate outlets. You can't be going based on what somebody who was there that but wasn't really directly involved, what they saw or think happened. And I think way too much credit is given to that person. Okay, what if you're... What if your antagonist to the, or what if your opposition to the news cycle is history? So what if you say, as a conspiracy theorist, I'm going to use what history has taught me to battle what the present is trying to tell me now? So yeah, Napoleon said something like, uh, history is a bunch of lies agreed upon or something in that vein. And he said it as he was trying to take over the world. And I get it. There's a lot of Uh, labels and scrutiny that you could throw at someone who's in that mindset i'm sure um but again we weren't living in that era so we don't we don't really know what his motivations were we have to rely on history and people who chronicled history to let us know who that man i think you had a lot of neutral people who weren't directly involved in things that were recording history at that time now they may have had a little bias too but i think there's enough different sources you can piece together and understand there's a there's a middle ground there's a truth there so the way that i apply that quote to my experience of life and what i can control now is that i look at the major happenings in the last century the assassination of jfk uh, 9-11 vietnam world war ii not so much um just those off the cuff are the ones that i think of Every one of those situations, minus World War II, of course, has some level of conspiracy to them. The Vietnam War, people think, was a fake war driven to uh, just basically go to war with someone. And I don't know the political ins and outs of why we... Um, I don't know that there's too much conspiracy behind that. Oh, okay. I, I don't. Uh, I, I, I mean, perhaps some of the actual motivation of being there, maybe... Um, trying to influence like China, for example, when um, maybe that wasn't the stated objective or method. Uh, I mean, it's it, at that point in time, it's about battling communism, essentially. Okay. You want to know the interesting <clears throat> thing about Vietnam is that within that war, we were just talking about controlling the weather and how uh, you're not on... Yeah, I know. They seeded clouds to make it rain more. Okay, well, yeah, you. That's a. That, but that's not taking a hurricane and steering it through the Gulf of Mexico to hit to, Cuba to run on no to run on to Florida. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I say Cuba because in the fifties Castro or I'm sorry in uh, post Cuban Missile Crisis, not yeah that was the fifties wasn't it or sixties yeah, yeah. Uh, late sixties. Castro suggested that the United States at the time, I forget the hurricane's name, but there was one that smacked right into Cuba in the midst of this uh, missile crisis. And he suggested that the United States were behind. Of that. course, because this is what can, the, this the is part of the ex- psychology of, ex- of conspiracy theory. Uh, mm-hmm. This is where 
I can't explain why this happened or how this happened. There has to be some logic to it. So I'm going to apply this logic that's not necessarily rational. Rational. Right. Um, I and mean, Fidel Castro is an extremist. So you could. Well, and, and he's. And, okay. And, and it's communism, communism right? So yep. it's about control of the people. How do I get my people riled up about this? How do I get my people behind me? Uh, I got to instill fear in them. So I'm going to assign this thing. Hey, the United States can control all these hurricanes and Cuba's about to be smashed to death by hurricanes every single year. Forget the fact that they're in the Caribbean and there's hurricanes every year anyway. Yeah. Does that uh, does that excuse the actual reality that the United States government was at that time studying Intensely, wasn't just means the government of controlling the weather. I mean, you had farmers doing. You had farmers doing. Well, it wasn't this just cloud seeding, though. It was uh, impacting the level of solar radiation that makes it from the sun to the ground, so that you know. Well, again, maybe farming, but maybe for some other reasons. Uh, there, there are there are a lot of levels of the weather control thing that I think time will afford us some hindsight when looking at. Again, the extreme there is, yes, uh, creating man-made hurricanes and steering them to a particular part of the country so that they can hit that part of the country and cause calamity or whatever because there's some other rift going on at the same time with that country or or, or anything like oh that. Yeah, gosh. it's crazy, right? That's, no, that's extreme. That is, yes, that is you need to be committed uh, into a mental institution extreme because you are not grounded in reality. I... Agree, I do. You can take a you can take a breath of fresh air there. I agree. However, cloud seeding has been around since the sixties. Longer they cloud, than that, probably. Uh, I think on a controllable scale, no. Maybe the testing before, but now uh, you can just YouTube cloud seeding, or um, you could take a look at how it's going down in the Middle East, where it's you know completely dry, arid areas, and they they want to test out their potential with. Uh, vegetation and so they they lay out these these farmland sort of uh, uh, plots of of area and they cloud seed and then within two or three hours they've got the cloud raining down on them okay this is where this is the furthest on that particular topic that i'm willing to go uh contrails with military jets in the midwest specifically may be used to a certain degree to create not not uh, complete fronts, not fronts, because fronts come in off of the Pacific Ocean and cold fronts in general, but they may be they may be cloud fronts <laughs> that are inceptualized in the Midwest to provide rain to the Midwest so that the farmland in the Midwest is not susceptible to natural drought now this uh, it's basically just a larger scale cloud seeding that i believe could be occurring in a larger spectrum that's it because all right so i'm gonna stop you there all right right. go ahead (laughs) why why do i need this to be true for my mind so who benefits who benefits farmers okay uh, so big corporations, which are basically who own Monsanto. Okay. All right. So what's the negative impact? That's the thing. They're, 
The negative impact is that you're affecting the natural cycle of the weather. Don't we already do that? With? Um, well, in the 1930s or 20s, right? Dust Bowl. That happened because there was a drought and all you had all we plowed up all these fields and there's all this dust. We created that. That didn't just happen. That Correct. was created. Okay. So already we're affecting weather, right? Anytime we irrigate an area that doesn't already have water, we're already affecting a region. Uh, if you're irrigating an area and you have more trees, you have more grass, you have more moisture in the area, you're going to produce more rain, more rain at some mm-hmm. point in time. So, I, you know, I don't know that this, I, I don't understand why this would be bad or something. Have you seen Interstellar? All get a, uh, you want to go down the Interstellar <laughs> path with me? Yeah, I have. It's it's a great movie that has a crappy, crappy ending. It's a, it's a shame. <laughs> there was some brilliance in this movie and then we go re- full-on retard at the end. With the black hole? With the planet with the waves. Oh, that was the only thing that pissed you off? Well, there's several things after that, but it all starts there. All right. Backtrack to the beginning of Interstellar and why they go on this mission in the first place. It's because of the corn shortage. Well, right. all crops are starting to die. All crops, yeah, all they're left with is like okra and lima beans. Corn. Whatever was in the soup that my wife made tonight. Yeah. That's basically all that's left. Okay, so yeah, corn's the last one. Corn is probably the backbone of the agricultural industry in the U.S., right? I would think. It provides probably. 40 to 60% of our goods. That's just a flat-out, off-the-cuff oh, assessment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm willing to say it's in that range. So... If there's even the slightest threat, and I'm not saying movies provide insight to people on upper levels, but they do. (laughs) They do, right? There's a lot of, there's a list of sci-fi movies from the 70s or 80s that were starting to see some actual technology devised around stuff that these writers had in their imaginations and their creative minds already because they're the creators of the ideas. It's not the politicians. It's not the government officials who have a very linear path in life that is set up educationally to not really be conducive of creative thought. That's just the way it is. I'm not going to turn to any politician and ask them to write a screenplay for me or write a... Anything with now legislation, granted, may have some. Yeah, but when you're writing a screenplay and you're producing a movie, it's Mm -hmm. entertainment. For the most part. Well, then why do they take real life stories and change them from what they really happened in real life and present them to you in a different way if it's not about entertainment? Give me an example of what you're what you're talking about here. Uh, what's the what was the movie last year about Queen? Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. They pick and chose and did things out of sequence to tell a story. Right. Okay, but the meat and bones of that movie, probably kind of, sorta, but I don't sorta. know that it's the same. That's, that's a little different. That's a that's a biography of a band. What we're talking about is uh, is innovatively speaking, stuff like Blade Runner, uh, stuff. Well, if you want to go sci-fi, sci-fi has always taken the extremes of science and pushed it. Right, and then science leeches off. Look, science, science. Well, science inspired the idea for the whole thing, anyway. <laughs> I think creative genius did, but that's okay. 
I agree to disagree. Okay. I think create well philosophy well, the, has a lot to do with as it you too. start to hear and read some of the things on the fringes of science right now, you know, try to find some of the stuff they're working on that's in its very infancy. You're going to see a sci-fi movie with it in it within the next two years. So what science is doing right now and conspiracy theories go hand in hand. Because here's the one that I was talking to you about earlier okay. tonight. All right. This is a new one on my table, and I'm willing to entertain it with open-mindedness. It is a little, uh, it is a little extreme, so prepare yourself. Oh, no. Prepared? Yeah, I'm prepared. Let's okay. hear it. The Higgs-Bossum uh, Collider. Uh, the yeah. LHC, Large Hadron Collider yep. over in Bern, Switzerland. Yeah. Also the birthplace of the internet, by the way. That same city that the LHC is in. Actually, the World Wide Web was designed to cultivate data for the LHC. That's not a conspiracy. That's a fact. Here's the conspiracy. In 2012... The year that the LHC actually conducted its uh, collision experiment for the mm -hmm. first time, some people think that the world didn't and that we are now living in a result of that LHC event. And it explains some of the minor differences, the, the rise, the prominence of the Mandela effect that we've <laughs> he's closing his eyes he's closing his eyes and rolling them at the same time now uh, i told you this was a little extreme a little this is off the charts but extreme okay do we know what life do we know what it's like in a black hole for life to exist in a black hole is it extreme for me to say that we could be in a black hole right now yes that's just extreme but we yeah. don't know how the black hole would react to organic life. We kind of do. We know it eats it. Organic it. life? Planets aren't organic life necessarily. Dead I mean, stars aren't organic life. It eats anything that gets close to it. it so we think. It could. Okay. It, what if it tilts? What if it just shifts things? You've seen Fringe. Do you believe in alternate realities? I don't know if I would go that far. Okay. Do you believe in alternate versions of yourself? No. Existing out in the universe? No. You think there's only one you and that's it? I'm it. I'm sitting on this rock and this solar system. So no multiplicity effect no. potential. All right. What is the most extreme conspiracy theory that you are willing to say? I'm on. Is it aliens? Is that about it? Yeah, probably. Okay. All right. I need a little. I need a little. I need something that makes sense. I need something that mathematically I can look at it and it makes sense. Does the world out there make sense to you right now? In what in what way? In the psychological state of the majority of people. Yeah. It does. It does. What is the Okay. So I guess I gotta back up and ask the question Are you confident in the psychological state? Of the majority of people today. What do you mean by confident? Are you confident in their ability to operate as competent and progressive human beings? No. Okay. I'm not. If I stop right there, that tells me on the extreme, far extreme end of things, in my way of thinking, something's wrong because history has told me that progress should be present as a repeated action throughout history because 
That's just on a micro level how, how things work. Your parents give birth to a child who they expect to do more than what they could bring to the world and give more to the world than they could. That works its way up from the very micro level to the societal level, in my opinion. And I don't know enough about the ins and outs of every single century. I know that, obviously, in order for there to be a renaissance, there had to be a period of uh, deadness. Otherwise, you don't get a renaissance. The word renaissance is like a rejuvenation of, of something. So I get the ebbs and flows of history. But I've never been able to look at the books in the last 2,000 years and say, oh, we didn't make progress here as a whole. We didn't make progress here well, as a whole. Yeah, sure, we're making progress. But as are people getting better? Are people getting smarter? I would say no. Technology is advancing. A small part of our population is moving forward. But I think there's a good portion of the population that doesn't doesn't care does technology advancing even uh, you said a small percent of the population yeah do they have to be directly correlated to technology in order to be those people because we've had that well, talk it's, too. it's that way in, it doesn't matter what year you're talking about it, you make i call it technology but an innovation if it took place in the year 500 or 1000 was technology it was an innovation it's what moves us forward things that happen that make life easier uh, things that happen that make us live longer, uh, that sort of thing is still happening, for sure. And it's probably happened faster in the last 50, 80 years. Let's go even 100 years. I would say since World War II, it's probably happened at a much faster rapid rate than ever before in history. We're talking about medicine? We're talking yeah. about medicine, electricity, Building. I mean, we're talking about everything that has to do with our lives as far as uh, living goes, gathering food, uh, all that stuff has just changed so much so quickly. Uh, I, and I think we as, as a general group of human beings have not caught up with that reality. There's a lot of us that seem to be stuck. Um, I don't really want to move forward. I w it's not a conscious decision. But I think some of the technology, some of the advancement allows people to get lazy. And I think you probably saw some of this in the Roman Empire. You mm -hmm. probably saw an empire that was strong, wealthy, and did, didn't have any fear. Prideful. And they, and they got lazy Overly with it. Overly prideful. And then, you know, all the people they had been beating up on, uh, you know, had now for centuries been, you know, gearing up towards, we're not going to let these guys beat up on us. And when they let their guard down or... They got too comfortable, whatever you want to call it. Bam, you know, here come the barbarians. Invasion time. And, yep. and everything's on its head. There there are a lot of similarities that people don't want to address when it comes to, well, not only the Roman Empire in the U.S., but uh, the Babylonian Empire. There's there's a lot of the Greeks. Uh, there, there are a lot of similarities with the greatest civilizations that have they, ever been. Well, we know that they, they start off, they grow, they peak, and they die. Yes. We know, and now we may be entering in, in an era where that doesn't happen as often because we're not as susceptible to uh, drought. For, the, for, for example, uh, the Mayans essentially mm -hmm. deteriorated because of drought, right? Uh, you know, we're not as susceptible to invasion, uh, someone getting stronger than us and taking us over. Well, uh, wait a second. 
Uh, When's the last major country after World War II that has been invaded and taken over? We're not talking about a violent invasion. Uh, Okay, so let's meander a little here. Okay. Um, There's a reason why illegal immigration is so heatedly contested uh, in the political realm right now. And there's also a direct corroboration with the declining birth rate amongst Americans in the in specific racial categories and that and and their attitude towards illegal immigration. The entire United States is becoming what Ellis Island was in in the heydays. It it is becoming a melting pot. Where are you going? Well, that's very uh, invasive. We, we talked about in people yeah, label but, label immigrants okay. as invaders, right? In their and minds. so, yeah. So They're some extreme. of the yeah. Well, let's go back to Roman Empire, right? So yep. when they would conquer people, they would convert people, right, to the Roman way. Correct. Uh, and eventually, that influence lessened. And the Correct. same thing's sort of happening here in America, right? Uh, as people migrated here, they became Americans. They they were into the American way. And now you have people who can migrate here and never have to learn English, for example, and live a full life without ever having to speak our language. Correct. Or adopt uh, the American way, so to speak. They can kind of live and choose. That's kind of the, what the basis of That's a free freedom. society sure. is, right? Uh, but in my opinion, though, that all comes down not to invasion. That's all going to be economic. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree with you. Uh, it's just... It seems like it's being treated as if it has to be that. We might be a little jaded because we live in a border state. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, so we- if we lived in, uh, I don't know, Ohio, would we have the same Right. Uh, but we are on the forefront it. of yeah. it. So technically, as citizens of a, a state, and the Californians and the Arizonians and New Mexicans can probably speak on this as well, uh, we have a bird's eye view of how it's handled. And so, I'm sorry, but a wall from El Paso to Beaumont or wherever it stretches to, erected by someone in D.C. who's never lived a single day in a southern state, who has no sort of gauge for it not being a problem, and the way that he, not he specifically by himself, but the entire, well, yeah, he by himself is going about treating the folks who and i get it it's illegal immigration right and it's an easy i don't think anyone has an issue with people my coming here legally it it, even illegally as long as you know you want those people who come here illegally and here's where here's where i come in here I, i fear for these people i fear for the people who come here legally because they do not have freedom no. they're in america but they do not have freedom they're completely reliant Upon people in their same culture for information, to live, to get jobs. They are being manipulated and controlled and they're being taken advantage of. And yeah, I think you need to stop that flow, stem that flow. Make sure people get here legally the right way so they don't have to fear being thrown on a bus or train and having to go back to where they came from. Um, I think there's a lot of politicians that have really benefited from there being illegal people here and riling up legal immigrants 
about the illegals, but it's all about control. Hey, you don't have to learn how to speak English. I'll speaking. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll translate what's being said and done. Well, yeah. it's it's all about manipulation. It's infuriating in a lot of ways uh, because it's blatant. Let me take advantage of people. Sure. And, and then, but on the flip side, it's oh, these guys come from a lesser place. America's so much better. I, I guarantee you, there's a good part of that. Where yeah, it's a little bit better, but it's not much better. It's not that. It's not as great as it's, it's made out to seem. And you, yeah, the the manipulation aspect is <clears throat> is a very uh, scary thought when it comes to that sort of thing. Well, that's kind of a conspiracy theory, but uh, that is conspiracy. That is a I'm conspiracy sure theory. people would say, "Oh no, that's not." That, everybody has good intentions. Well, yeah, right. Okay. Well, politics in order. I I always subscribe to the idea that politics needs oil to. Uh, sort of grease its engine that keeps it going, right? And if there is no drama, then there is no politics, and the whole system, the house of cards, basically collapses without what. God, it doesn't keeps have going. to be that way, man. But it does for yes, it does. In my opinion, yeah, it does for the news to, cycle. Yeah, if they there's have no get, news. There's no to, news. Well, you have to get votes. You have to get viewers. Otherwise, right, people lose jobs. Right. So what happens if the natural what happens again this is a conspiracy theory but it's a it's a it's a reasonable one in my opinion what happens if since 911 there just hasn't been a lot of bad stuff going on period like period but but the fact that there needs to be a gradual progression of bad stuff from the worst stuff that has ever happened in the history of this country where do you go from there? Oh, well, we bring it closer to home. So we get mass shootings. I'm not saying the mass shootings are rigged. I'm not saying that they're all potted. Uh, but there's going to be a psychology to that. To what? Uh, to mass shootings. And it, it, it it's... That's a deep rabbit hole because it's ta- gun control, which you can equate back to the fact that the politicians in D.C. won't tackle it because they need it to sort of sustain they need the argument to sustain look we're just now talking about marijuana 30 years after the fact where the hippies were 40 i'm sorry 50 years i'm losing all track right. of time here this may have to be a separate episode we might, keep going because okay. i got a lot on this all right 50 years ago there was a large consensus of this country that was pro marijuana and you know, pro-legalization, and it took us 50 years to get to where we're at now, where the thing's probably going to be recreationally legal across the board by 2025 at the latest. Probably. And we've had this talk before, and I strictly remember you saying, not impossible to 2025, but I shortened that time frame to like something like 2021, which still might be on the table. Um, yeah, if the federal government a lot passes more, something, then yeah. it's going to... It seems a lot it more yeah. juicy now than ever before. What did all the wasted time from 73, 74 to 2020 do? What did it accomplish? It got a lot of people locked up for something that is eventually legal. And let me tie this... We'll dive back into this in Conspiracy in theory? Episodes. Yeah, let me go Come with on. another conspiracy theory. Actually, let me go with a couple that actually turned out to be true. Uh, let me go with the fact that prohibition alcohol was poisoned okay. by the U.S. government. And oh, okay. Wrong. All right. Do you know what they poisoned or what they changed? 
the chemical compound it was, of the alcohol itself, right? But not in drinking alcohol. It was in alcohol that was legal for like hospitals and those sort of things. Correct. Because they wanted, so they weren't, see when we say now, wait a second. the federal government poisoned alcohol, government, what we're not saying yeah. is that they weren't brewing beer, they weren't brewing uh, drinks and serving them to people with poison in them. 100% accurate. Now, what we also are not saying is that the bootleggers who were affected by the prohibition of alcohol actually got large quantities of this and got it out to the general public who yeah. was... Okay, so... This is how the Kennedys made their money, right? <laughs> so, rewind the tape. The government did poison the alcohol, whether it was drinking alcohol or not, or intended to be, inconsequential. The This is the ramifications of something, a body like the government, not thinking decisions through then and there and thinking of the ramifications of what could happen. This is my problem with the Industrial Revolution and the shit that we have to breathe and that my family has to breathe and my friends have to breathe now every every day. It's hard to say, oh, what, what do you do? Uh, how do you oppose something like that? I can't oppose history. Uh, it's it's happened already. I can't reverse what's occurred, but I can certainly lay a foot down into what's occurring now. This is why we had the 5G conversation. Okay, let me rewind it back. So the government poisoned alcohol. I'm not saying they poisoned drinking alcohol. Okay. However, there was a group of people who were so greedy at that time because of the laws imposed by the government that they didn't give a shit no. what alcohol they were selling. No illegal drug dealer gives a shit about the product they sell. Right. But the catalyst to that was the prohibition of something that we live with daily now and is... is Okay, so you would think that the U.S. government would have learned something from alcohol prohibition when marijuana came along. They did not. It's different. In what way? In the fact that it causes less uh, uh, less traffic <sighs> accidents and less, uh, less AA meetings and less broken families and I, I suicides? I think that's wrong. I think there is clear marijuana addiction, and it has consequences just like alcohol addiction does. It may not be on the same level, but it definitely does. There is no doubt. There is scientific proof. This happens. You can get so addicted to it, it ruins your life. With 2000, uh, 21st century marijuana, I agree with you because it's synthetic and uh, it's homegrown and lab grown. Keep and in mind, there's no regulation on this industry. These are the same people who who sold you cigarettes. These are the same people selling you Vape stuff. Don't go all uh, conspiracy on me now. I, I'm just telling you, you're you're, right. you have this unregulated industry uh, that's free it's to about do whatever. To be let loose. And hey, how, and does gotta, it, how does it benefit them to not put stuff in their product oh, yeah. to hook you to get you to go there and, and it oh, not be healthy? Everybody thinks, oh, has all this, this great all quality, but there's a boy. There's a really ugly side of this, and it's gonna get ugly it is in the next get decade. Super ugly, yeah. and that's not conspiracy either. It's gonna get super ugly. All of that is, in my opinion, manipulated, strategic, and t- very timely. Because if you oh, make gonna... marijuana legal in the '70s, what you're making legal is field-grown pot. There's no hydroponic. There's no technology that exists to where you can manipulate the marijuana unless you're spiking it with like 
uh, crack dust or angel dust or, or whatever was around then that could produce uh, the same sort of synthetic components that you can insert into into high-end, high-grade uh, levels of, of synthetic pot today. Okay, what the government did was they prohibited something that people as a whole... It was all right. The thing is, they, it, they, they put, it was legal up until all of that. It, it, sure. it would have been like Until having, people started saying, hey, uh, this is liberating my way of thinking a little bit. Well, and probably, a lot of shit is wrong with the world that I see. And this is making me making me think differently than what I've been force-fed by the conglomerate. You know what? We're going to have to do a prohibition uh, episode. Yeah. We're well, gonna Ken have to, Burns we're gonna... did it. Man, knock, knock that out of the park. I didn't get any of my conspiracy stuff from that documentary, of course, because it's the public broadcast station. That is PBS stands for, right? Yes. All right, good. Public, public television, yes. Yeah, right. it was like the only thing around. In so the wrap, th- wrap this episode up. You man. want me to wrap it up? We didn't go through your papers. That'll be the next episode. Because <laughs> this is definitely, we got to carry this over into the next thing. we got to talk about the psychology of, of, a, conspiracy of a conspiracy theorist. theorist. Yeah, we just we talk, did, because no, I'm a conspiracy theorist. We didn't talk about the psychology. Part. My psychology? Well, good luck, sir. Because I am my own therapist, and I can't even figure myself out. That's so scary. It's a, no, it's a beautiful thing. Okay. Because... I'm in control of it. I'm, I'm, like I told you the other day, I can go to the extreme intentionally and with control so that I can know what that looks like so that I have a balance, a gauge, because the world around me is the. I'm here to tell you, you're not balanced. Oh, man. But in what way? <laughs> I think we wrap up here. <laughs> Tune in next week. You're just saying that for the ratings, bro. You're, You're saying that for the ratings. Until next week. See you guys.